Hello, everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I am mm. Leslie Lee Third, And I'm Jack Allison. Thank you so much for joining us today on this exciting, exciting live recording. We've yeah. got the biggest topic we could do right now. Live. Between a long, long road. A long road to get us here. Too long. Too long, in fact. Mm. It's been a long ro road without you, my friend. But I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Folks, it's Today's neither. the see you again part. Yes. Today is the day that we see you again. We get it back. We start taking our culture back. Uh, maybe that's too much to say. Maybe that's going too far. But it kind of feels like that. And maybe this is the only day we can feel like that. So why not? Why not feel like that? Mm -hmm. why, why not feel like it anyway? Yeah. Why not feel like, you know, this is the dawning of something new, something different, where mm -hmm. we were just able, able, thanks in large part to, you know, um, online harassment that we learned in the Bernie Sanders campaign. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they taught us. They taught us in the Bernie Sanders <laughs> Slack how to uh, how to harass people to get uh, the goods, and we took that uh, knowledge and we applied it to, you know, uh, a movie that we wanted. Uh, basically, because well, the reason we wanted this is because we yearned for a day when superheroes were all white and men. You know, <laughs> well, of course, it's the exact opposite of that, right, folks? We're talking about Justice League now. If you mm -hmm. notice the title of this episode, I'm not calling it the HBO Max marketing, marketed version, Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is Justice League now. This is the movie. This is the Justice League. If you are within the reach of the sound of my voice, what I need you to do is go to your local uh, Walmart, go to your local Target. Any false Justice League you see on the shelf, I need you to take it and toss it in the trash. Take it and toss it in the trash so that no one is tricked into watching the fake bootleg version of this movie. The, the staff won't stop you because they're all still mad right. at him for they're still all mad at Joss Whedon for what he did to fucking Avengers. Like they're still yeah. on that fucking level. They're still mad at Age of Ultron. That's why this whole fight was so bizarre because it's like all of the MCU people, the real true blue fans, were like mad at him before he even got brought in to like DC. So we're all together in this. We're all mm -hmm. united, in fact. I think it's a good word to use. I think united is the is the right word to use. Um, you know, in in you know, uh, the Snyder cut, which has now finally, you know, at long last and and very well deserved uh, uh been released uh, to HBO Max. And I will say, Leslie, that I am doing the absolutely cornball fanboy thing of voting with my dollar and i have signed up for an hbo max account today i did not have one before i signed up today because i'm doing the goofball fan thing of wanting them to see that um i signed up the day the snyder cut came out <laughs> and i think you know they actually the care on these streaming services for what your first stream is what thing you stream first of course i'm going to make it uh justice league uh, and it might be the only thing I ever stream on my uh, HBO Max account. I might just uh, leave the Justice League, um, you know, playing on repeat on my um, HBO Max account <laughs> until, you know, somebody suggested this on my Jack AM stream. 
uh, I might watch the Whedon version and then immediately cancel my account uh, so that they can see that that was the last stream I did. I think they, they already <laughs> took it off, actually. they uh, I don't know if they stuck to this, but they wow. were going to take it off in February. Yeah, they, cause just like they announced wow. when they take off in the other movies, they announced that they were taking this off in, like, February. Wow. Um, but we were going to get into the details of the movie in in a minute and probably closer to when we bring our wonderful guests on we have an absolute stellar lineup of people who i've been talking about uh this movie for a while with who you know not who i think you know at least two of whom did not start out interested in this as i did not did you jack start out out terribly interested in getting Zack snyder's justice league i mean after seeing what happened what came out in theaters i was not you know, I live in Los Angeles, and so when they were doing, like, the little protests outside of the Warner lot, you know, I didn't go. I could have gone to that, you know, when everybody was making fun of those people who, you know, as it turns out, were completely vindicated. <laughs> completely and right. In right. Way. The most and right, direct the correct goods, people direct in Hollywood. Gets the goods. <laughs> direct action absolutely gets the goods. Um, they were right 100%. Everyone was making fun of them and posting, you know, the the picture from Arrested Development. But listen, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, because the thing I, is, uh, well, I do want to clarify, the thing is, I was always wanted Zack Snyder to get to release his version, but I didn't necessarily expect to like it or think it was good. Like, that was the number one thing that the haters were saying. Like, when it comes out, it's going to be bad, so will you care? Like, it, that really was neither here nor there because the issue was that this movie, as far as we knew at the time, you know, was kind of taken and changed um, significantly yeah. by a sexual predator who abused the staff on set and you know like yeah. a like a complete um, piece of shit uh, garbage man uh, was brought yeah. in to basically change this movie more to the studio top, like top it up well and actually we should say clearly like you know <laughs> more to the studio's liking which was that the studio was completely had completely bought into this fan critic assessment yes. of Batman versus Superman as being too dour compared to the Marvel movies and not having enough quips in it and all this kind of shit. And so they were very specifically trying to transform this into, you know, a quippy Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Uh, um, so, you know, they hired the Marvel. Guy. I guess <laughs> when you when you say, like, was I did I stand with the Snyder cut? I. I always thought that the Snyder cut would have been better. Um, oh, yeah. And I did think that it existed, but I didn't think for a little while I was like, you know, I think probably what will happen with the Snyder cut is like the Donner cut. I think that at some point we'll get a release that includes like, you know, storyboards and, and animatics and stuff like that. Um, but we'll get like a version of it that is like, you know, a kind of curiosity in film or whatever. I didn't necessarily expect that we would get the full, all the post-completed version of the Snyder Cut. I thought we would get, you know, like I said, like the Donner Cut. Yeah, and about, we, we should make a brief aside, especially for the haters. I'm going to actually give them a little bit of help here. Because they said, the big thing that they said initially was that there's no such thing as a Snyder Cut. That basically the theatrical version was the real version, uh, was the original version, just with a couple of, extremely ugly reshoots uh added it's in and, and superman with his horrible fake you know upper lip which oh, is very geez. bizarre if you rewatch it very oh, by the way leslie in in preparation for this 
I did rewatch the Justice League. Jack, um, Jack, so I, I would never. I please, please say just I for did. workman's comp reasons that I did not ask yeah. you to do that. Just please, Leslie just did make... not ask me to do okay. that. But I, 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 as it's a podcaster's Leslie, I didn't want us to embarrass ourselves. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to come out here and start saying shit. You know, that was in the Snyder cut or whatever that actually was like in the Joss cut. I needed to know the difference. I needed specifically to know what the difference was here, you know, and what ended up happening with this movie is like the plot is, well, what, what were you going to, what rope were you going to give to the, uh, to the uh, Snyder cut haters? The Sorry. rope I was, I, the, oh yeah, thank you, Jack. So the rope I am going <laughs> to give is that the reporting on how extensively Joss changed this movie, Joss and Walter Hamada and Jeff Jones changed this movie was not actually reported like fans put, had to put right. it together from Sny Zach's uh, Snyder's post on Vero that there was on like Vero post yeah like two and a half hours of movie that he shot and filmed that were just thrown in the garbage like this the fans right. put that together from like Snyder's like sad posting you know it wasn't reported how extensive this was they they're basically they are simply two different movies so of course the Snyder cut always existed because right. the Whedon cut is a different movie fundamentally. Well, and also, you know, this is uh, for a long time. The haters were saying the Snyder cut doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It never existed. And, you know, I guess there was reporting out there. But of course, that reporting was from blue checkmark fan critics um, who were sort of litigating the same arguments, but just under the banner of a publication, you know. Uh, um, but there was reporting, quote unquote, out there that said the Snyder Cut didn't exist. However, there was also Jason Momoa saying that he had seen the Snyder Cut, you know, in interviews and stuff like that. And then finally, it was, you know, um, actually, you know, cemented in the Vanity Fair article about the long road to the Snyder Cut uh, um, just this last month, uh, which revealed that there was a four hour long black and white cut uh, that Snyder had on his laptop that he kept when he left Warner Brothers, which I do like that he kept the laptop <laughs> yes. that was the owned laptop <laughs> um, uh, that he would show people. Um, and, you know, this is what WB originally wanted to release to HBO Max, which would be more in keeping you know, with what I thought it would end up being was like released version, um, you know, with uh, animatics and everything like that. But Snyder said, no, Snyder said, <laughs> no, I will take no fee, but you have to put more budget into letting me finish all the post on this. And so, you know, Snyder cut haters have shifted the argument to be like Snyder cut. People believe that there was a fully finished cut just sitting there and there wasn't no no one ever believed that. No. <laughs> and anybody who like, works in film understands that, like, especially on big budget, you know, superhero movies like this, there's a ton of posts that needs to be done. You know, I would make the argument that I'm like, I look at the Marvel movies and I think that they just shot one day with all their characters fighting and then they just use all those across all the movies. Like they just got a <laughs> bunch of shots of like Captain America punching and they can use that in Black Panther or fucking Captain America or anything. Um, but yeah, no, like there was a cut that existed that was a four hour long Snyder cut that needed post work done. Um, and when WB finally came crawling back to him um, and said, you know, the fans want this thing, which, by the way, one other thing to say about this is, you know, 
we're talking about a film studio here. A lot of the people that found themselves on the wrong side of this particular culture war. No, wrong, um, wrong side of history, so, Jack. Wrong side of on the history. Wrong side of history. <laughs> yeah, on the wrong side of history. Um, did so because they got like mentions on Twitter or whatever. And I just would like to say this. Film studios will release things that they think will make them money and that people will watch no matter what happens in the Menchie's section of blue checkmark writers for fucking AV club. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> um, but it just is like they are going to release something that seems like it has broad support and like there's a lot of people that want it because they want people to sign up for their fucking um, like streaming service. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how it's going to go. And so, you know, there are I will say that, you know, kind of in the aftermath of this, the Snyder Cut is getting far better reviews than the uh, uh, Joss Whedon one. Of course. Uh, ever got. Uh, and there are a lot of these blue checkmark individuals who have uh, decided to change their tune. And, you know, this is also coming after, like, all the revelations about Joss Whedon. Um, it has become a harder position to stick that uh, Joss's is definitely better because it's got whack little jokes in it. Um, when this is like very clearly a much much stronger movie with much stronger stronger action scenes, everything is better, and it's not like even let's say we were talking about the Joss Whedon that I loved of 1999, and I hated mm -hmm. Zack Snyder's guts and I hate everything he does. Even if, even if we were living in that world where jo where Zack Snyder was actually a bad guy and knew nothing about film and was just some TV dipshit uh, sexual predator who got bumped up for some reason. And Joss Whedon was this guy who actually tries to take film ser seriously. It doesn't matter. A film cannot be good when it's cut in half and split yeah. up between two directors. That's just common sense, right? It's just silliness. Uh, and they just, add in little green screen scenes with like quips and shit like that. Like it's just not going to make sense. It's not going to work. Like so, you can't so, take if you want the Avengers guy to do it, you should have got the Avengers guy to do it. You can't change your mind in mid in, while in while you're in the middle of making the movie. Yeah, and even and so like and it was a lot all these oh, film critics film critics under uh this impression right that were saying that oh no this obviously this version that's obviously chopped up obviously anyone with any kind of sense of film can tell where, when the scene cuts from like the very fit Ben Affleck to the reshoot <laughs> Ben Affleck shot very yeah. poorly too, right? Like you when can Henry Cavill's lip, when a Henry Cavill's upper lip is like shifting around, like he's got like a worm on his lip or something like that. <laughs> like, you know, it's very obvious to tell where these two movies were mashed together. And still fan critics were like, it's, this is exactly the way Snyder wanted it, and Josh did barely anything, and fuck you for feeling otherwise, you fucking clown, and I bet you probably voted for Bernie, too, and yeah. have problems with your mother. It's so bizarre. It's like, if you're a serious film cricket, I don't even know why you're even diving into, like, superhero fandom wars. Like, why do you care what happens to Justice League? That was the other That's weird other thing. thing is, That's my other thing about all this, is I'm like, people are like, they were very, very rude, and I'm like... This is Marvel versus DC. Like, what the fuck do you think is going on? Like, I, I don't know what the hell to tell you. Like, people have very strong feelings about whether you like DC or Marvel better. And it actually has nothing to do with, like, I don't know, like, 
social justice you know it has nothing to do with social justice in any way you know what i mean like it has nothing to do with people don't want women in movies or anything like that just has to do with that people like dc that like dc better than marvel and have forever been like marvel sucks dc rocks i don't know what to tell you about that well i do i actually think we made a mistake by saying it has this has nothing to do with social justice i think i actually have to take that back because i mean this is very important to say maybe the most important thing we can say on this episode ray fisher tossed his Mm. career in the trash to do the right thing this movie that we're watching the snyder cut that is made to save the HBO Max service, right? This is something that he was pushing for, that he's marketing for, even though the studio just fired him from the sequel to the movie that is set up in the fucking Snyder Cut. Like, he is the main right. character in, like, this movie. He is the main character. He in is. This. Well, he is the emotional core of emotional the movie. Emotional core of the movie. Um, yeah, he's, like, your, he's actually kind of your, like... You know I, the character that that viewers are meant most to identify with. Yeah, that's, in the movie that moves in both worlds. Because uh, we'll get into it, but I do like that Zach does include a lot of just regular car- people who don't have superpowers. Mm-hmm. But Cyborg moves kind of moves in both worlds, um, and yeah. it's it's just like uh, people people are saying, you know, why aren't they doing this night? It, like when you watch this movie, you will be baffled that in, that Walter Hamada and Jeff Johns, we should name them because Ray Fisher named them at great co- personal cost God, Jeff Johns fucking to sucks. himself. Um, I can't imagine watching this and then being like, we need to fucking uh, bring in Joss Whedon to save this. Like what? Like it's absolutely because they're, they're ridiculous. so dumb. It's like they actually are dumb. And all the reviewers who had such a big issue with like that Man of Steel isn't friendly enough. And then Batman versus Superman, like Batman is too angry. All the characters on screen are too angry. And it's really scaring me when Batman is scary. The Elmer like, Fudds I'm, of the world. The Elmer, Elmer. <laughs> Elmer Fudds, the uh, little babies, all the little baby Elmer Fudd reviewers, like they believed all that bullshit. And Jeff Johns, who sucks and who's actually one of the hacks of the universe, truly (laughs) one of the worst hacks in comic books, who was fucking Richard Donner's assistant. And somehow that made him like, you know, capable to just rehash all the bullshit in the world. And and before Um, and and besides that, did know of and tolerate Whedon's abuse of the cast, including Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot on the set of of the movie that they released and called Justice League, absolute right. uh, garbage people. Jack, I, I don't want to spend too much time because we do have these wonderful guests. I just want to very way. briefly say before we get the guests on that Jeff Johns was tweeting about all the cereals he likes because he's a super weirdo guy about cereal. And he was in a grocery store taking a bunch of pictures of cereal and doing a big long tweet thread about cereal. And then the people at the grocery store had to kick him out. And he like live tweeted how the like grocery store employees were making him get kicked out. He's a fucking weirdo guy. And he's not nice to grocery store employees. Yeah, I, and he—he's one of these people. Uh, there was actually an article, uh, kind of an anti-Snyder cut article, saying uh, Jeff Jones was driven off of Twitter by harassment. No, he was driven off Twitter by the harassment of Joss Whedon that people kept throwing in his face uh, every time he tried to yeah. post promotional shit and celebrate his, you know, promotion. He got promoted after this. Com- 
complete disaster, which was the original Justice League. It just absolutely sick. We haven't even mentioned the whole, the fact, the reason, part of the reason Zach had to leave the film was because his daughter tragically passed away. He dedicates this film to her. I, there's, we will talk more about this film. People are, have already asked. We will do a commentary track for it. Four hours. Woo. Uh, I, people, but people Jeff are asking Johnson's, for it, Jack. People are I asking know, for I know. I know. That'll be my third watch. Okay. So Jeff Johnson's pick, putting a bunch of, I'm going to say it really fast, putting a bunch of pictures of cereal. Then he's like, I just got told I can't take pictures because it may make other cu customers uncomfortable. If my next few are blurry, forgive me. And he kept <laughs> taking pictures of cereal. Then he's like, all the customers I am bothering. And he took a picture of the empty aisle. Then he's like, the manager is, I just got asked to leave. Took a bit, but I convinced him to let me get milk on the way out. Uh, I did say I was getting stuff to watch cartoons, oh, and then geez. I wrote comics. He said, what? <laughs> I asked Aqu Aquaman. Uh, he was not impressed, but I got the milk anyway. Fucking annoying and weird guy. All right. So we're going to bring on our stellar uh, lineup of guests. Um, first up, uh, this is someone who has been on the show numerous times. He is the uh, co-host of Media Roots Radio with his sister, Abby Martin. So happy to have him back on to talk this because we've been DMing about this for months. People don't know that Robbie Robbie Martin, who is you know one of the uh, most the bravest voices in journalism and media, digs really deep. Also, is like a, digs deep into like nerdum and fandom and stuff too. So I'm happy that we he can come on that the show and show this side of him. Robbie Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, uh, but we're, uh, first things first, what, what's your first initial, you know, feelings, uh, of the movie? I mean, I really good. Um, I, I, I got, you know, I, 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 I got pretty emotional at times during the movie and <laughs> yeah. not just because of the, not just because of the content in it, because sort of like what it me meant to me, like just almost like as a symbol or you could almost see it as like a a very expensive sales pitch for like Hollywood at large or the movie making community at large that like the DC universe can make really fucking good movies if you do it, you know, mostly right. And I think Zack Snyder, you know, and there's definitely a through line here from Man of Steel. I wasn't the biggest fan of Man of Steel. Right. I, I grew into really liking Batman versus Superman. I didn't like it at first. So I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't in love with Zack Snyder's interpretation of the DC universe, but I have to say this is this is probably going to be the best Justice League we're ever going to get as a live action film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, fucking, he he hit the mark. He mm -hmm. did the Flash right, which I was shocked by because of Josh Whedon's massacre of that <laughs> character. He did Cyborg Justice. Oh yeah. I mean that was yeah. the thing I expected walking into this. That Me too. That yeah. would be properly done, and it, that was. But I was really surprised by the Flash and his, without spoiling, you know, we're probably going to get into this a yeah, little bit. But we like will, yeah. His, his importance in the story and the way that he fits into the ending, like, just blew me the fuck away. I was like, mm -hmm. this is what I wanted. Like, the, I, when I got, when it got to that point in the movie, I was like, this is it. This is yeah. how, like, they needed to do a Justice League movie climax All involving right. him. So I, I was really pleased by that. Yeah. So up next, uh, we're bringing on our next guest. You have heard her uh, on the show. In fact, she was on the show, you know, two weeks ago, but oh, she yeah. has... Can't get I, enough. I can't get enough. Rose Gun. Can't get enough of Rose Gun. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us, the host of RIP Cinema. Thank you. 
thank you so much for uh, having me back on. Uh, I have I have a few things to say after that, that little intro. I was biting my tongue a little bit when Jack was talking because uh, I want to give my little back backstory with the Snyder Cut. Um, mm-hmm. I feel we have a good like panel here. We have a, a bunch of good different perspectives. For myself, I'm both not really a comic book person. I haven't read many comic books. And also, I am a convert when it comes to the Snyder Cut. Uh, because I was absolutely one of the people uh, in the early days. And I still understand why I took this position. Which is that it's, it's not going to happen because... The thing that you think exists doesn't really exist. I was thinking the same thing as Jack, that um, it was going to get released, but it would be like um, like a bonus feature or something. It would be filled with animatics. It would be very mm. broken apart. Um, and I was telling people, I was like, if you want to see the finished version of Snyder's Vision, I mean, that would cost tens of millions of dollars. Well, here we go. This has never happened <laughs> in the history of cinema. And you know what? I'm right. It hasn't happened You're in the history right. of You're cinema. Right. And now it has. And that's when I got on the Snyder train. So I was like, this is legitimately an unprecedented event uh-huh. in cinema yeah. history. And I have to, I was telling people, I was like, good or bad, I don't care. I'm going to be there opening day because this has never happened before. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I sat down. Uh, I was already, same thing as Leslie. I did not like Man of Steel. I liked Batman maybe Superman. And then I put it on um, using Plex. So I had like a few little trailers beforehand, which was fun. Um, and then I watched it, and not only was a complete version of the Snyder Cuts, not only was it better than the original, but it also, like, I think altered my just, like, understanding of, I don't know, the superhero genre or something. Uh, it felt so, so fresh in I, a way I, I wasn't I, expecting. You know, I will agree with you, Rose, and I also think, and we'll we'll get into this more, but, like, one, one thing that's so fascinating about this movie to me, and I think actually could inspire scholarship, is the differences. Like, we have scenes that exist in both movies, and what we can see is, like, what editing and post looks like in a modern movie, and, like, what the difference is between, like, your Zack Snyder-style superhero movies and the Marvel style. I think it's such a fascinating... Yeah. We made a test. We made, like, actually a control group. We had Eden. We had the Avengers guy do Justice League, and then we had the Justice League guy do Justice League, and now we have a direct comparison between the two styles of filmmaking. Well, I will mention uh, just, just for the live audience that you are watching the two versions uh, overlay. The uh, just so you <laughs> not to trick you, the 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 fake version is more is clearer because we're having the oak bit casket funeral. For it, uh, but it, it, but the Snyder version is lighter over it, and we're going to bring on our next guest. This is oh, just wanna, oh go ahead, Rose. I just want to say just just before we move on, real quick, because I know we're going to get into the details soon, but uh, I want to make a point that I think a lot of the conversation around this film is going to be around the big changes. But to me, as a filmmaker, the biggest surprise was how much attention Snyder and his editor paid to just like pacing and precision mm-hmm. there and that's gonna be a little harder to discuss but yeah i wanted to put that up front as like that was my real takeaway it's like a polished film mm-hmm. yes very very all right and this is our next guest this is someone i have tried to get on the show numerous times but they are so in demand 
they are one of the best writers when it comes to you know um, comic book movies and you know science fiction you can read their work on hypable you know if you read even one good article about the snyder cut in the past four years this is the person that wrote it i guarantee you this is the person who wrote it leilani cypher thank you so much for joining us on struggle thank session thank you for having me um that's really sweet of you to say i'm probably coming to this um i'm a huge fan of zack snyder i um loved man of steel um, oh. i've been fighting about <laughs> Batman vs Superman since like 2016. Oh, we um, we all have. Uh, <laughs> yes, we've all been in the trenches, and now uh, yeah. we we win, and we enjoy the spoils of victory. Yeah, absolutely. So this has been, I mean, it's just been amazing for me as a fan. Um, I was, you know, I wasn't quite, I wasn't part of like the group of poor people who were fighting for the Snyder Cut, but I did. Um, you know, donate towards it. I was always like in the hashtags or whatever. And I wasn't sure. The only reason I didn't think we might ever actually get the Snyder cut is because I didn't think uh, Warner Brothers would ever actually do it. Um, I really, really, really hope for it. And, you know, now I've watched it like I, last night was my fifth time watching it. So, oh, wow. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> you know, people have been like, wow, that's, 20 hours of your life, but it's like, I've been waiting for this movie since 2017. So, <laughs> for real. <laughs> to get it is just been, it's been, I, I don't want to be too cheesy, but it's been kind of like an emotional thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's actually perfectly reasonable for it to be emotional, especially like, uh, with like, you know, regard to like what went on in Snyder's life and sort of like the events surrounding uh, why we didn't get this movie in the first place. You know, I think it's uh, uh, I, I, I actually, you know, Robbie said it as well. Like I felt emotional watching this movie, too. <laughs> and as and, and I also similarly felt silly for feeling emotional <laughs> watching well, this movie. Well, let's get into the movie. Uh, proper. Uh, so the, the number one thing I did learn about this and all of you are saying is like, Zack Snyder has like polished his craft. He understands perfectly melodrama. Like I know mm-hmm. exactly where you, I got emotional watching this too. And then you feel silly because you know it's these very obvious techniques. He's not a solo director by any means, right. but he he knows how to hit you, hit you where it hurts. He knows how to hit those emotional cords. He knows how to make you think about your parents, your father. Your, mm-hmm. you know, the things in your life that, you know, you're struggling with and then maybe and then through film, you know, you see this, these fears and these anxieties expressed, even though it's like a big, silly superhero movie with the like the Flash and Superman. It just really does like work really well. And Rose, you said it the last time you were on our our show is like this. He is giving us what, you know, the adult version of candy, right? Like the adult mm-hmm. version of of what a superhero thing mm-hmm. could be. This is not to say that it's not for kids or it's the most mature, mature thing in the world. Or even that it is adult. You know what I mean? Like I, I, you know, I talked about this when we did our commentary for Batman versus Superman is that like, just because the movie takes the character seriously and itself seriously doesn't mean that you have to also, you know what I mean? Like you can be having fun with it. I just like it a lot better 
than you know the kind of Marvel style of like winking at the uh, the camera and saying like we're in on it. We know this shit is silly. I'm like I don't need that from you. Like I don't need permission to think that like you know this that you know that superheroes are a little bit goofy. I actually would prefer the version where we go all the way and try to take it as seriously as possible because that's also kind of like what the comics were. And and to our guests, Jack and I, as you can tell, especially Jack, we can talk the whole episode. So please, please jump in. <laughs> this is the most actually the most guests we've ever had, and we're doing it over Discourse or just lag. So please, please, please jump in and go back to your point so please uh and anyone who wants to jump in please go ahead yeah i'll say that uh i was surprisingly moved by the film as well which i really wasn't expecting um i I guess i didn't mention in the intro that i have seen the original justice league and i thought it was horrible i hated it i thought it was one of the worst superhero films i've watched uh much more unpleasant than even like marvel's stuff is usually just boring but i found like justice league like viscerally unpleasant to watch especially because it was flipping between these weird tones but this one (laughs) yeah i enjoyed it for the running time and also yeah the emotional beats ended up getting to me especially stuff like cyborg and his parents and uh some of the death of superman stuff like surprisingly touching yeah i was like i was into it and i really didn't expect that going in I mean, even there was a scene at the the end. I mean, I don't know if we're we're going here yet, but we are. We are talking spoilers. We are. Feel free, spoilers. I mean, the scene where at the end where Flash gets hurt and he's like, "I got the wind knocked out of me." Like, even just that little scene was like really moved me because it was like it was one of the first. And we also see Cyborg like brutally injured in the hospital. You know, you sort of already see him being manufactured in the in that little scene from Batman versus Superman, but actually seeing him like laying in the hospital bed with his dad there. Oh, um, and Robbie, let me jump in just a little bit because there is a bit of lore to that particular thing. So the re so if you watch the the Joss Whedon Justice League, Cyborg's body looks very different than what he looks like in Batman versus Superman, where he's basically just like a torso and an arm. Jeff Johns added back more of jo- of uh, Cyborg's physical uh, human body, biological oh, body, wow. because he oh, wow. thought that black people would be upset that Cyborg doesn't have a penis. Mm. Not what? joking. <laughs> Ray no Fisher told, told this story. Oh, my God. Which is, That's you know, insane. just to break it down for you, folks, uh, it's y- white people who are obsessed with the black fouls, not black people <laughs> themselves just to make that clear wow. if people aren't aware it's it's, it's kind of a you so it wasn't just it wasn't just me hallucinating that they redid like the cg on cyborg for the entire movie yeah yes. wow okay he looks good oh yeah, yeah i mean it I, looked, I thought all the cgi looks really good in this surprisingly it, it good actually reflective but it yeah, it looked, I mean, it's always sort of looked like really reflective and shiny, but like they made it like feel like it has a texture, like the lighting on it just it's, felt like really right. Especially like the didn't parademons. Look, didn't stick out. Especially the parademons yeah, in most scenes. I think maybe the last parademons, the apocalypse parad, the, um, what do you call it, nightmare parademons don't look as good, um, but all the other parademons like look really like legit. Yeah, I, I want to... Oh, go ahead. It's that polish. It's that polish that you mentioned. It, it's. I think it's just 
this is 70 million extra dollars thrown at this thing and i i don't think they left any stone unturned in tr- well in but with of- that said you know we, we can we can uh, um you know uh, uh, that is a lot of money to put into a post to finish a movie <laughs> uh, uh to begin with but you know, this is something where I'm going to go back once again to where you can compare scenes directly back to back from the Joss version and the Snyder version. And I have to say that Zack Snyder is a director who knows how to direct post. You know, it's like this is not this is actually like a kind of different yeah, skill. Experience. James Cameron is another uh, um, director who knows how to direct oh, yeah. post. You know, uh, um, I would even say Sucker Punch for all of its like plot problems. Like these are like scenes that are near entirely post sequences and they Mm. kick ass. Like I watch back to back uh, today, um, both scenes uh, um, where 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 Steppenwolf first shows up, um, you know, at uh, uh, Themyscira, um, you know, and you can watch these two scenes and these are using the same uh, green screen shots of Hippolyta and all the Amazons and everything like that. But in the Zack Snyder version, there are events that happen. There's cool shit that goes on um, in the, so just as a director back to back comparison, uh, this scene, uh, they activate the mother box. Uh, the parademons come out. Steppenwolf fights them. There's a big, gigantic fight scene between Steppenwolf and all oh, yeah. of the Amazons, uh, where like it's they are like they have met their match. In the Jaws version, he just like reaches for the box and they grab the box. <laughs> yeah. Hippolyta runs out um, and just gets out by like sliding through the door. In the Snyder version, she her she helps another Amazon Amazonian on the way out uh, who dies, and we see an emotional beat. And then a parademon grabs her leg. There's tension being built. She finally gets out. In the Snyder version, what then happens is the entire facility where they keep the mother box <laughs> crumbles into the ocean. Uh, it crumbles off of uh, the cliffside and into the ocean, actually giving a reason for why Hippolyta had to escape from there and more emotional beats, you know, as to like all these Amazons gave their life. In the Joss and in the Joss version, she hands off the mother box to an Amazon on a horse and they start riding away. And then Steppenwolf cuts an X in the wall and steps out of the wall. Uh, so there's nothing to do with like why they had to stop him. Then Steppenwolf just jumps twice until they get to the point where he's like next to the box and then he like flicks away an arrow. In the Snyder version, um, after uh, the entire facility has crumbled into the ocean, there's like a tense beat, and then all the parademons fly out, and then Steppenwolf jumps out. Uh, he's then like fought by a bunch of Amazons who like chain him and pull him at his legs and arms yeah. and try to stop him. There's actual like fighting happening, and then he jumps, and we get some similar moments. Um, but I think that all this like does speak to like. These are the same scenes that were shot, but so much can be done in post to build out a scene and to build out tension and to build in action and moments. Uh, Leilani, uh, uh, oh. so you've watched, you know, the Snyder Cut, you know, five times, you said already. And I'm sure you've watched the original Justice League. What are some of the differences that stood out to you? You know, I, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me this question only because... Um, I haven't seen the Joss Whedon version probably in a year. Or oh, two, good call. <laughs> that it, is a good call. You know, my husband and I were like, should we watch it before, you know, we, we watch Zack Snyder's, but then it, it was, it, it's almost too painful for a while to think like, oh my gosh, why, why does this version exist? Especially when you, if you do like a marathon of Man of Steel, then Batman v Superman and then Joss Whedon's like, oh gosh. Your, 
like the tonal whiplash is so intense and it's just yeah. like for a while it would just like made me sad like oh we never got the vision and then once we were gonna get Zack Snyder's I was like well there's no reason to ever think about what Joss Whedon did except to like remember that he's like a hack director and a horrible person <laughs> and, um, and the thing is you know one of the things I've really enjoyed is like I feel like an unfair criticism or just not maybe unfair, just a weird criticism of Zack Snyder has always been like, Oh, he's just a great visual director, but he's not good at these other things, but just to minimize like what a great visual director he is when film is a visual medium. Yes. So to like to downplay how great he is at it has been always such a weird, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's only good at framing shots and putting together <laughs> scenes that look cool. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. All he's all he's good at doing is like creating beats and moments that are fucking cool and kick ass. He sucks. And uh, Rose and Robbie, I think you were uh, about to say something. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say uh, and and get my own tape. Also, ask what you guys thought of the uh, the, the four by three framing because personally. I was that was something that was making me very nervous going into it. I thought, you know, changing an aspect ratio is a huge creative choice. And I wasn't sure how Snyder was gonna handle it. And I think it's I, it was such a huge risk and I think it honestly paid off. I liked the four by three a lot. Um, for 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 two reasons, and this is kinda why I think he did it, is that this thing's four hours long, right? And the thing with the four by three is that it lets him just like place the viewers focus like right in the center. And, uh, it lets him do these really extreme fast paced action scenes without ever having them end up confusing. Right. You can just like focus on what's in front of you. And he always connects really tightly in the editing, like one action to another. So uh, it, it made the film kind of like easier to watch. And then in the, the dialogue scenes, it helped too, because like four by three is just like, it naturally fits uh, close-ups and especially um, this is what they're actually called, but like hero shots, like shots of like glorious heroes. I mean, Aquaman looked pretty damn good <laughs> yeah. in the, the four by three. And I think he made the right choice on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Robbie, you actually DM'd me about this when you saw the aspect ratio, right? Yeah, because I was—I mean, I was—I I agree with Rose. I was—I was worried about it going in, thinking that's a really seems like a really big risk. Like, why would he do this? And then, as soon as I started watching it, I, I think for me, I immediately forgot that it had like a different aspect ratio. It's yeah, almost like too. I didn't notice it like five <laughs> minutes into the film. But what was immediately noticeable. You know, when you get when you get past that initial special effects sequence, which is really cool. I don't even know where they got that footage of um, Henry Cavill sort of like die, you know, dying again in that in that intro. And Robbie, let me but, let, I want you to finish in a second, but I just want to say, point out that like the difference in the introductions of these films, where oh my God. the original oh, starts, wow. where even oh, wow. if even if they got Henry Cavill to shave his mustache, it's still kind of an odd start to be like go from you know this scene where you see literally see the manifestation the physical manifestation of the shockwaves created by superman's death incredibly on the nose yeah. but visually powerful you see Amazing. that versus a, a cell phone video of superman like even right. ignoring the cgi like that's just a huge like i will also say you know that this is like visually much cooler and 
helps to establish why the mother boxes are activated and gets us into the action of the new movie. The Jaws version opens with this bizarre scene where Batman is like talking all chummy with like a (laughs) robber on top of a building and then a parademon attacks him. They fly all around the city and fight each other and then they land on the same building where they're talking chummy with with the robber once again. It's like... It's just very stupid. That's and, all I'm going to say is that it's fucking stupid. And Robbie, uh, Robbie, sorry, I cut you off. No, no I was going to say to finish my thought was that I, you immediately notice once you get past that initial sequence, because it's hard to tell, you know, because that looks like it's mostly CG. It's almost like a, mu- a this beautiful music video opening kind of. But you can tell as soon as you get to the live action. Oh, this is the Zack Snyder color grading that we were supposed to see that we saw in those initial Justice League trailers. And for some reason, that was a huge distraction for me when watching the Joss Whedon version, because I could tell that even not on the reshot scenes, like the original stuff that Zack Snyder shot, that the costumes, the color didn't look right. Like, especially Wonder Woman, the blue and the red, like, looked almost too saturated with color. And it just didn't. And Superman's costume looked really wrong. (laughs) Like, visually, it just looks like the wrong blue and red hue. So my my theory is that I think that when these costumes were screen tested, they were done specifically for the color grading that the previous well, yes. two movies had, and it just looked yeah. totally off without that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I noticed I'm, that. Uh, I noticed that especially in like um, I because I didn't like the Joss Verdon version at all, but I kind of got a kick out of the Superman fight scene when he's like bad for a second, which is way way better in the Snyder version but also I remembered that with with that scene and seemed similar to it that it looked like um it looked like I was watching like a, like a pre-visual or something yeah. there was something still mm-hmm. like off-putting about it and with Snyder's version it suddenly made sense because um it's not that Snyder is going for a look that is like it's not supposed to look like the real world per se. It still does look like artificial in a way, but it's more of a like a heightened, like dark comic book fantasy world. And uh, I, it really, really worked for me once it had that color grading applied and once the tone was fixed too, like once it was actually like consistent in the world of Snyder, uh, it yeah. all came together. Yeah, the, the coloring is really very bad in the Joss version, and I think I think it's great that you point out that scene where Superman is like bad for a moment, uh, uh, Rose, because you know I, I agree with you. That's a scene that they just like bumped up all the colors and they made it very unequivocally daytime. And what I would say is like that's a reaction to the people who said Batman versus Superman is too dark. But emotionally, what we're watching in that scene is like evil Superman, like fighting all his friends and nearly killing them. Why the fuck is this like in like, you know, uh, uh, why is this like in bright daytime Windows XP backdrop land? I just doesn't even make sense for like the scene. It looked like they were trying to imitate the uh, another fight scene. I I did also do not like the color of uh, the Civil War fights. Mar- Mar- Captain America oh, yeah. Civil oh, War. Yeah. They have the big, bright, the like big a, bright scene where they're in a fucking airplane like, hangar or something. Hangar so bad. Yeah. That's what it made me think of. Is just like this looks like it was shot on like a back lot or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Snyder's version. It's stylish. It's cool. It's exciting. Uh, yeah, it totally worked for me. Yeah, and uh, like um, I, one thing. Oh, oh, go ahead, Lillian. Oh, I was just gonna say, Jack, you talked at length about. Um, the scene with the Amazons. And one mm-hmm. thing I came away with 
in this movie is how great Zack Snyder is with um, the Amazons and specifically with Diana, who uh, I really, yes. really, really yes. enjoyed yeah. in this movie. I think this and, is the best Wonder Woman movie. I do. Yeah, I really do. I yeah. thought, like, 100%. I would love for Zack to, like, come in and, like, direct Wonder Woman 3, <laughs> which I know would just, like, set the internet on fire. But he just manages to, like, still bring a warmth and a compassion to Diana, but also he never forgets that she's a warrior. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is something that... Uh, Diana and the Amazons no. are capable in this movie yes. in a way that they yes. kind of have not been. Yes. And... I don't want to talk ill of other other movies, but like this was a good, I guess I'll say palate cleanser for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll say ill of Wonder Woman 1984, (laughs) and I'll say that um, Wonder Woman 1984 is a movie that literally seems like a little kid wrote it and directed it. It's like a very, it's like so weird and confusing in ways that I. that I, I that I just find baffling, to be honest with you. Um, but but uh, but one thing I, I wasn't realize... the biggest fan of Wonder Woman, but eighty. Oh yeah, four but... is like unbelievable. Yeah, but one thing I did realize, like, because the Amazons are like the heroes, and Hippolyta is like the protagonist of the first act, which I did not. Ex- well, the first chapter, which I did not expect. Right. But like he was just basically making three hundred, but not racist, right? Like that is what <laughs> how he treats the Amazons. Three hundred, they're the Spartans, well, but not racist or sexist. Well, we should also say that there's a fucking incredible scene in the middle of the movie where it's like the first time Darkseid came to Earth. Oh yeah, and that's very three hundred. But you literally have fucking Zeus throwing lightning, and like that scene, I was like. This fucking kicks ass, and I can't believe they cut out this like DC Universe Lord of the Rings they sort of threw mythology. It in the trash. In yeah. the trash. Yeah. For people at home that are, uh, I think a lot of people were intimidated by the running time of this film, but it should be said that like this is cut up into parts. Like you can take little breaks That's if you I want did. to, and the and the different sections do have like a bit of specificity to them in a way that made me feel like I was reading like a collection of comic books. Like I was reading one arc of the justice Mm -hmm. league. Uh, I watched it all at once because I was like, I had to get in time for the podcast, but like (laughs) you you can, but like there is so much good stuff here. I I want to ask if any of you had like a favorite chunk Uh, for me, it was the first part. I thought that first like opening section was just like amazing. Um, I really liked Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. Um, just I thought it was such a, you get a lot more Ray Fisher in that one. And I just, like, the emotional beats hit really well um, in that section. I think my favorite little chunk stretch was the Star Labs break-in section, that whole section of the movie. Um, especially that where it sort of culminated with the way they tied everything together so beautifully that goes to the nightmare sequences, what's being hinted yeah. at by oh, the yeah. Barry Allen mm-hmm. sequence mm-hmm. in Batman vs. Superman, where as soon as Cyborg gets that flash, that image, when he's so about cool. to reactivate the mother box and he sees how Superman turns evil, like I was fucking blown away by that scene. I mean, basically, Zack Snyder gave us a visual image of the final crisis front cover where mm-hmm. Superman is holding 
Batman's corpse destroyed yeah. by the Omega beams. I was like, oh my god, that that's incredible. I mean, I was I, that so that chunk definitely my favorite. I mean, it is tough for me, you know, because uh, uh, I also really like Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. I think that's the sequence, you know, when we get sort of like all the emotional uh, uh, backstory on Cyborg, which I do think works really well, um, you know, in a genre where I kind of typically find um, superhero origins to be kind of boring. I thought they did a really good job with a character that I've never even been super fond of in comics. You know, this is like, uh, um, but I thought that was it's a great the best sequence. Cyborg. But I also... <laughs> I also really love, uh, uh, I think it was part uh, six, like our just final sequence. I like watching the Justice League firing on all cylinders and actually working together. Yeah. I think Robbie yeah, alluded to this earlier, but, you know, in the Joss version, it's kind of like they all just like sort of bide their time until Superman shows up. And this one, like everyone is doing something. Um, and it was really cool. Um, I like also that they fail in that sequence and we get the like kind of flash fucking with time stuff. Oh God, um, it fucking rocks, honestly, yeah, uh, plot wise and visually. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So oh, I just, I really like that because you, in the Joss version from what I remember, like uh, the flash is, is just like a joke. Like he doesn't, yeah. really, he's not good with his powers. He's kind of just like, like, you know, just a jokey character. And this, version he gets to make bring levity and have his jokes but he doesn't become a joke of a character right, and in yeah. that like final scene you get to see just how powerful he is and why he has the spot on the justice league so it's like it's one of my favorite sequences uh that final flash sequence yeah i was really surprised by it you know that was like something i wasn't necessarily expecting uh to have in this and listen you know, I complain a lot about the quippiness in Joss's Justice League, and I, I hate it. You know, Flash is very quippy in this one, but I think it works that only one character is. You know what I mean? Like, it makes sense because that's his personality, and that's how he's being characterized. Not that every single character has the voice of a sitcom writer. Yeah, well, That's how it's done in the, in the Justice League cartoon, which I legitimately can tell now that Zack Snyder was trying to the play on that tone has been paid yes. for the way that just cartoon mm -hmm. was because the flash, even though he's not exactly the same as he is in the cartoon, he's not, he's not just a joke of a the character. Following like announcement saying. He's has been paid, paid for more by human. The he seems order. like he's sort of an annoying cocky guy, not the amateur sort of teenager that as Joss Whedon wrote him in the, the movie. following announcement. So I yeah. like the way he felt much more order. like the flash I wanted in this movie. Yeah, I, I really was surprisingly swept up in the uh, the team the aspect of it. It actually for worked for me quite order. well how the story was kind of structured in a way where each character had something in their old life they were kind the of getting over and like Justice League order. offers them a second chance and like a new family. Very simple kind of story structure, but goddamn, it was effective. I, I felt the whole chosen family thing, especially... Um, you know, at the end was with uh, with Cyborg rejecting that vision that he gets. I found that very emotional, and I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that, like, you know, I I mean, the context that we're going to this movie with is that yeah, Zack Snyder left the production because his his daughter uh, passed away. Right. Um, so there is this like hanging weight of just like the value of family and yeah. grief and loss and stuff that makes its way into the film in a few moments that feel like much more vulnerable than Snyder. Would usually go for that specifically have to do with like you know relationships between like parents and children and and loss and stuff like that like the lois lane and martha scene 
Which is an odd one. Uh, that's one of the ones where I'm like, I I love that Martian Manhunter's in the yeah, movie. Yeah, that's the only I problem. I was a little like, <laughs> I don't know if I need that. I don't know that's, if I need you to establish that it's that guy. Yeah, and, that's you know, the only problem with that, that scene. Didn't need to be there. Uh, <laughs> that, that was like, what about later on when she like references that Martha like visited her? Right. Martha's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I was also like, that's really weird of Martian Manhunter to do that. You're really truly being a weird guy. Well, he's Um, a Martian. I didn't need that part. He is a Martian, Jack. That's true. Uh, If there was something to uh, put on the cutting room floor in this uh, remake, that's what I would have uh, advocated for. Not necessarily them talking to each other, but just the scene in the hallway afterwards. And guess what? You can actually cut that scene out if you want. You can just skip. You hit one button on your remote whenever you get to that scene, and it doesn't exist for you anymore. That's the beauty uh, of this. He really did make it. If you actually watch it, he make it so that yeah. people don't like it. They could just cut it out with no, like, with no continuity yeah. error. I guess he felt like he needed to establish earlier that Martian Manhunter yes. was here, but that didn't necessarily work for me. I do want to say, you know, because people in the chat are mentioning it, and uh, I think we'd be remiss not to mention it. Uh, the cut scene introducing the flash was really really good you know like this uh uh where iris is about to be hit by you know a a a semi truck and he's like catching hot dogs out of the air it's like you know a kind of different version of what we saw them do with quicksilver and the sort of later x-men movies and i like again seeing the flash be capable and use his powers yeah we got some yeah we got a few good uh saving scenes too because i also really like i don't know if this isn't the old version but i liked uh cyborg saving that dude too by jumping in front of uh i think it was like a a truck or something that superman was throwing it had like a real like i don't know like a weight and a crunch to it Mm -hmm. that was really satisfying the action in this movie is like heavy oh it it rocks and he's a really good action director and he knows and by the way when you say someone's a really good action director, that doesn't mean that they just have a lot of action scenes in something. It means that they actually like choreograph a scene and we have a sense of what the space is like in the scene and things feel like they have weight. It's like it's not just having a bunch of punching and shaky cam and stuff like that. There's a lot, you know, that goes into making an effective action scene that I think Marvel uh, uh Fails that. Uh, another cyborg moment I wanted to mention just quickly was I really love the first thing when he gets his powers that he like just get, gives a struggling waitress a yeah. uh, hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I like actually found that to be a surprisingly was- touching little moment. Yeah, this is basically maybe other than I don't know Fast and Furious, it, the only major franchise that even acknowledges that class exists. Right, like everything right. else. Like, it's certainly the MCU. There's, like, basically no poor people in MCU in, like, 95% of the movie. They just don't exist. Where Joss Whedon was like, actually, I'm going to make uh, Gotham major- uh, majority black, seemingly, and poor, yeah. and di- and show the other side of it in, in all these scenes. And it's actually, you know, really helps ground the film. Like, Martha can't gets her house foreclosed on right like that's just not a thing you get in the average superhero movie or even the average superhero comic but i did want to mention my favorite thing about this film is also kind of the star labs sequence around there where the team really gets together because as uh, i think you said robbie it felt like justice league the justice league cartoon or a really great justice league comic this is this film, I, 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 my main takeaway was that this is probably might be the best comic book movie of them all because it has the space, the time, 
uh, the you know the special effects the act the, the casting to actually b fully bring a actual fully realized comic book story to life in a way that only animate animated movies have done so far effectively i really don't think any other comic book movie aside maybe the hulk ang leaves the hulk really felt <laughs> as straight up from the comics and using comic book logic that makes perfect sense now i do want to say but this movie felt like if you wrote the, if you put this in a comic book none of the super you know comic nerds would like object right like most comic book movies comic, hardcore comic nerds think are silly or dismissed but i think the plot of this is just like very tight like everything makes sense like the mother boxes are activated because they hear the kryptonian dies cyborg has mm -hmm. one of the mother boxes because you know they found it because why because the mother boxes were split up why because darcy got it that why because dark seed invaded thousands of years ago why, why mm -hmm. was he stopped you know because they had superheroes back then why is the why villain, is steppenwolf here steppenwolf. because he's like on the outs in apocalypse yes, he's and trying he to prove like himself. good he what? actually has a motivation as well other why? than like everyone on this world will love me or whatever Watch yeah. his new armor, by the way. oh yeah it looks great I and mean, steppenwolf awesome. looks fucking kick-ass this is another example of like you know, what happens in post. You know what I mean? This is a character who exists only as a cartoon character special effect. And in Joss's, he's order. just like a man, kind of. And in Snyder's, he's got like pulsating armor that actually has function. Uh, he gets shot by a bunch of arrows and then the armor like snaps to shoot all the <laughs> arrows back out of him. Like, you know, it's cool. Like, and it kind of makes it seem but, alien and different. But Jack, and, I kind of uh, do disagree a little bit because in Zach's, cut he's actually a person right like uh my partner why right. he actually I mean, told look me wise. yeah yeah i know exactly what you say i just uh pivot uh but my partner yb told me while watching this movie he's like i actually feel sorry for steppenwolf mm -hmm. like they like like you know you actually do feel sorry for him he has a motivation you feel mm -hmm. his pain yet like well, that's, that's what a good villain that makes you that's like good villain filmmaking is when you're like i agree with this villain and not just in some dumbass vague way like they do in every movie where they make them an environmentalist, you know, uh, uh, which is so annoying to always make villains environmentalists. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, well, anarchist is a new thing I, now, Jack. Yeah. Uh, my favorite action beat, I think, in the whole movie was when Steppenwolf threw a horse with a person. That on oh, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The difference here in the Whedon one, he just jumps over a big, <laughs> long, empty field and lands. In the Snyder one, he throws fucking horses. <laughs> he threw a horse. I wasn't expecting it. I, I started cackling. I loved uh, that part. It was awesome. Yeah, that whole scene was great. One thing I was realizing right. is I feel that he actually did the tone better, more consistently in this movie than he did even in Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Yeah, I agree. It felt it felt more right, and it also I think one thing we haven't mentioned yet is just that he realized the DC universe in a way that doesn't come through really at all in Joss Whedon's version. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it just sort of was, that was I'm almost like effortlessly done in the movie in a way I didn't expect where I'm like, oh, he's actually doing the DC universe itself justice. Like, mm -hmm. he got to that I'm point, you know, in this third I'm movie, basically, in the trilogy, and that was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, yeah I was thinking of watching it that uh, um, 
I've been playing Injustice 2 a lot, uh, but I don't really know the DC universe that well. And uh, this movie was the first time I felt like I was seeing like that universe on screen. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I feel like I kind of get it now. Yeah, and I mean, watching this movie made me like want to read DC universe stuff to the yeah. degree where I looked up what was happening in the DC universe and had to say, I changed my mind. Oh, go ahead, Leilani. Oh, I was just saying that the comics world is is a little bit of a mess so it's awful. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Rose, they referenced the multiverse once in this they they name yeah. yeah. they mentioned the multiverse we see fucking apocalypse and it seems really scary you know ryan Choi at the end we're like hinting that the atom is going to be part of it you know oh. in the jaws one they say oh we're going to need a big table with space for more chairs or whatever in the Snyder one, we're getting a sense of who will be at those chairs. You know, Martian Manhunter shows up at the end. The Atom is is hinted at. Also, did Joss the cut scene where out they, the Atom from the original entirely? Did he really? I believe he's cut believe entirely. He did, yes. uh, yeah. What's Look, the deal with um? Oh, sorry, but what's the deal with Superman wearing the black Atom costume? I was I was confused there. Isn't yeah, so, that a different hero's costume? I mean, Superman just wears a black outfit after he dies. That's what happened in the comics. Is like he died and he came back and he was wearing a black outfit, you know, because he was you know recently dead. (laughs) Sorry, I thought I missed something there. Oh, in the comic book, the reason why is because it's like like a Kryptonian healing suit or something. Yeah. So so in this one, I think it's just for aesthetics. It's just cool. (laughs) Like I'm a badass now. (laughs) Like 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 Batman's kind of cool. I actually like. I really like the funny scene where Wonder Woman is like giving shit to Alfred because Batman stole like the idea for her cuffs. So Batman could have been like, you know. in the Whedon cut, if he had kept the black costume, Batman would definitely said something about him copying his black now because he wanted to be cool like me or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I really, really, I mean, we've been talking about this for an hour and 15, min- 15 minutes. We could talk about it for many, many hours more. But briefly, before we go, because uh, we haven't really talked about anything in it yet, what did you think of the epilogue and before you tell me i want to drop some knowledge that some people i'm sure leilani knows but some people but i don't think maybe the rest of you don't know the original plan for the sequel to justice league was that all of it was going most of it was going to take place in that version in that nightmare future where superman has sided with dark side and the movie was going to be that version of the justice league trying to un go back to the past and undo it and just and see <laughs> i and like that's so exciting it's like you know i really like that blog obviously you can tell he shot this at his fucking house you know but it looks of really course, good yeah. but it looks it's really a covid good. shoot it's covid shot for sure I, th- I think I'm on board for wherever uh, Snyder would want to take this universe next. Like this was a, a much more exciting uh, project for me than I expected as someone who's just been like completely exhausted and done with like superhero stuff in general lately. It got, it kind of got me reinvigorated in the genre watching it. Oh, sorry. And, and yes, the, the epilogue uh, was uh, surprisingly very, moving and and i didn't expect it at all i liked all the different little endings going on i yeah, mean listen, obviously I, i'm on i like, want it oh sorry go ahead Snyder- oh i just was saying obviously i'm on the like restore the snyderverse wagon so <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know i just uh i just read the an article where Zach said that he actually wanted to order. include the john stewart 
Green Lantern in his version, but WB said that he wasn't allowed to. Oh, so, I bet. Like, I, you know, I just want to see more of this. I mean, if this is the last that we get of it, like, it was a, I loved it. My husband was not super into it. He, you know, he's like, well, why show it to us if we can't have it? But I just liked, you know, this is, this was part of the plan and like, this is what his vision was the whole time. And just to give us that little snippet, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it too. And I liked how it sort of makes you wanting more. It's, it's frustrating obviously as well, but there is something sort of interesting about th thinking about this movie as a way to sort of sell the idea of more DC universe movies to the general public and even to these studio executives to show how it could be done properly. And I'm kind of wondering, is Ezra Miller going to play the flash in this flashpoint movie? Because if he is, maybe they can, maybe at some point WB and Zack Snyder will be working together on the DC universe. I mean, nothing's impossible. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to see where this could go in the future. But my hopes are not that high. But maybe you know. But that, I'm kind of thinking about that in the back of my mind. But the yeah, sequence you know, itself the... was 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 cool, and I and I like Jared Letter's Joker better than in Suicide Squad. So, yeah. I mean, I I like you know I like the sequence. Um, I definitely like the idea of this sort of band of you know folks uh, um you know having to try to go set i like this co this collection of characters um in something like that um and we've already established in this movie that time travel exists even in a small way in the dc universe we've mentioned the multiverse um <clears throat> i don't think anything's out of the question to be honest with you because you know Two years ago, Zack Snyder was going to have nothing to do with uh, the DC Universe ever again. Uh, and now uh, Joss Whedon may never um, be able to show his face in public uh, for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, you know, and um, you know, and I don't know. Like, I think nothing's out of the question. I think this movie is getting pretty good reviews. And I think probably Warner has to be pretty happy with the reception and uh, with probably how many people are signing up for HBO Max to watch this. Um <laughs> After a I year would... of like, uh, after a year of almost nothing, like I feel like this is the one film I've seen people actually get really excited for. I, I'm like, what, what, conversation about it. what if we had this year? We got Wonder Woman 1984, and then we got this. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Warner Brothers can't help but like see, okay, maybe we like fucked up here. Like that yeah. was the Warner Brothers that Zack Snyder didn't storyboard and produce for us, and then his Justice League comes out, and every and all the reviews, even the annoying fan reviewers, are being like, "This is the one we should have got from the beginning." So you know, I think anything can happen. I think the bigger question would be uh, whether like Zack would want to come back and do more, um, and whether you know all the actors would be willing to come back and do more and everything. But you know, I see a lot of people sort of being like, "They're already rebooting Batman and this and that." I'm like. This is a universe that has multiverses. And also, if you care about that, you're being a fucking weirdo anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I don't like the Transformers movies, but I have a lot of respect for that. The Transformers movies don't care in any way about continuity. So, you know, I think a version, you know, where we continue to see more from Snyder is definitely a possibility. I do have a question, like, uh, because I'm so in the fandom and I've so wanted this, it's hard for me to have real objectivity about it but do you think this is the most broadly appealing of Zack Snyder's three films like the most for the general audiences or like I for when I thought, saw it I thought like oh this is really for the fans but 
that's not necessarily the feedback I'm seeing. So I was like, do you think this is the most broadly appealing of his films? Here's the really funny thing about it, because we have to place this in actual history. I think that if this had just come out, um, you know, after people were so sour on if it had come out in 2017, like they had planned for it to, Mm -hmm. I think everybody would have clowned on it exactly the same way. And everybody would have been like, oh, it's not as good as the Marvels and this and that. But the fact that we had the Joss version, which was so bad, and we had a few more years to get tired of the kind of Marvel thing, I think it has transformed this movie into being a kind of welcome relief and a palate cleanser. Uh, And I think that, yeah, I think that now in the history and in the context and everything, I think it is much more broadly appealing uh, than the other two movies have been. And I've even been seeing a lot of normal people like reevaluating those movies kind of in the uh, the lead up to this. So I think it's a very weird situation where if it had been released in 2017, you and I probably would have had to be an out there and Leslie, you know, defending <laughs> it and everything. Uh, but in the new scenario where it's coming out after fucking all, like I said, all we got this year was Wonder Woman 1984. It suddenly is this like huge, broad four quadrant mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I it's do. Also, okay, Rose. Uh, it's also helpful, I think, that um, Snyder clearly made this film not for the theaters, but for the streaming audience, yeah. and let um, his editor, yeah, editor, like, give so much time to these scenes, like they're paced out so well that I think, and uh, and also it being split up into parts. I think that if you're gonna, sh- if someone's gonna watch a Snyder film at home, uh, this one is the one that is set up for it, and you can even just say like, watch like the first, you know part of this almost like watching the first episode or something and and i think like people are going to get sucked into it it's a lot of different little stories a lot of fun characters get introduced to but yeah i'm not sure yeah rose i i think you know you're kind of on it with that like if you put this on i think the average person is going to have a damn good time i mean like what does the average person like want does he want like like black widow like throwing herself to her death and you seeing her brain splatter on the floor in our number, you know, two or three in infinity uh, for infinity war, right? Like instead you get to see like all these badass Amazon warriors fighting this huge, tough guy. Like that is fun stuff for people. I think I know. Yeah. Batman- yeah. I know uh, Batman I says fucks and stuff, that, uh, but it's still sure. like fun. It's still very fun. <laughs> Sorry. Discord. Ma- Discord has like a weird, it weird it delay. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Rose. Uh, I was going to say that I honestly think this is a kind of film where uh, my mom would probably like it because she really likes um, the Lord of the Rings and the action scenes in there. And a lot of the best parts of this are obviously like, you know, the influence directly from Lord of the Rings, but I don't yeah. think that they are um, like, I don't think it's any, any worse than like uh, anything that's in Lord of the Rings. Like, I think those battle scenes work really well. Uh, I think if someone was wandering through the room while I was watching it, it is something that you'd sit down and uh, keep watching. It's almost like a, a show you watch on cable or something. Yeah. <laughs> or mm-hmm. a movie you watch on cable. It's got uh, that episodic it, feel. I agree. And, you know, but, but with all that said, fucking release it in IMAX and I'm going to be there. Yeah. I'm yeah. so <laughs> ready. I'm so yeah. fucking ready to see it in IMAX. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So I I, I do want to, but one thing I didn't get to say on this ep, uh, show yet that you know it has to be said, Joss Whedon. We found out that Joss Whedon. We knew that Joss Whedon cut all the black characters out of the film. Literally, um, literally cut 
all the black characters out of the movie. But watching this version, you realize that they also not just just Joss, but Jeff Johns and Walter Hamada with Walter Hamada's approval, cut all the women out of this movie and also cut Ryan Choi, uh, who was who is the Adam. Like they just like were completely uninterested in the type of diversity that actually people like seeing. And this, you can't help but when you're watching Zack Snyder's recent films to notice that, wow, they are really diverse and uh, effortlessly so, and nobody really talks about it. Instead, he has the rep for being like the sexist right wing, like bro. When they're like, there's more black people in his movies than any two other mainstream like movies. And they're the emotional core of this film like just to see like the seriousness which he tries to take like the 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 uh, the struggle and of someone like cyborg like a movie like they don't make movies about black men like feeling loss and pain and sadness unless they're slave movies more or less right and to get that in the mainstream hollywood movie i it was just you know really refreshing to me i absolutely love this movie i could talk about this i will talk about this for several hours more <laughs> but we, we do have to wrap it up yeah. so Please, Leslie, uh, maybe we do a commentary for both versions. Anyway, we'll talk about it off. We might do that, actually. I was thinking oh, about wow. that, Jack. I was thinking about that. Uh, I'm ready. <laughs> I, I feel uh, I feel I'd also be remiss if, if I didn't uh, mention that. The the music. Oh, yes. Uh, I don't God. know who Oh, and the sound design, too. Yeah. Junkie XL. Junkie XL. Extremely, extremely good. Mm-hmm. But uh, a huge improvement. This is one of the few movies where I am actually going to go and look up the soundtrack afterwards because, boy, it really stood out in some yeah. scenes how good it was. And it also was being in, turning, uh, turned in the best work he's ever done is better than Danny Elfman being like, I don't sure. want to do superhero movies. Fuck it. I'll do this one. I was thinking it hit the same note as like I think what Nolan often goes for with his big soundtracks or whatever. But the difference was that you could actually like hear everything. Like everything mm-hmm. was very clear at all times. If and anything, really it was sometimes it. too loud. Like the Batman Flash scene, the score was actually a little bit like too loud because the Flash's theme is very like techy <laughs> and stuff. So maybe that like two edits, two edits, sound too high on the music on that scene and Martian Manhunter gaslighting. <laughs> 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 going back to work but uh thank you all so much uh for joining us if y- y'all just uh yes. take turns telling people where they can find you rose uh you can check me out on youtube uh my channel name's flower guardian my movie uh talk show thing is called uh, r.i.p cinema and you can follow me at right on twitter all right and robbie where can people find you uh, they can find me on Twitter at Fluorescent Gray. Uh, also, the podcast I do with my sister, Abby Martin, Media Roots Radio. It's on iTunes and all the other uh, podcast platforms. And then I have a streaming show I do sometimes. I haven't done it for a while, but um, there's like 150 episodes out of it. It's called Main Politics. It's video game, retro video games, and just politics. Main Politics. And Robbie, I forget to ask you, we do game. I started my twitch stream recently i do game and nice. do well, as you rolls as well because you're we're all fighting game aficionados we need to get a fight club yeah. going maybe a fight <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah. fight cave. absolutely all right and leilani where can people find you um i write for hypable and uh you can also you know find me on twitter yelling about Zack snyder i'm at leilani cypher 
Yeah, and, and I really want to reiterate, please check out Leilani and Hypable for having an actually really good writer with good politics and good takes. <laughs> most of most people are just copy and pasting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know most of these people aren't getting paid, but it's true. They're copy and pasting. Leilani is doing wonderful original work. So if you're someone who has basically tuned out all those fans like like most people have in the for the past 15 years because you've been like they've been so bad like definitely check out Leilani's uh, stuff it's very good I all I can say is you know thank you all so much for listening to Struggle Sessions it's been quiet journey it's been quiet episode yes. thank you for joining the first of what will be many many hours of Zack Snyder cut uh, <laughs> uh, scholarship and, and, as, and as Zach said in the opening of this film thank you to the fans yes uh huh thank you to the yeah. fans the real truth. Congratulations. Congratulations. Peace. Thank you. Later.